I have bad news for you. Morph is dead. He's been beheaded. May he rest in peace. And his arms come off. Look at that. Oh, dear. What a disaster. Hello, welcome to another episode of Rahalastapa with the this week with the fantastic Nathan Caton. Um we're recording these remotely still on Wednesday nights at twitch.tv slash RK Herring. You can tune in for free and watch them happening live. Uh now about four weeks behind. So uh if you want to get ahead of the cool crowd, watch them in advance for free. Uh, we're also doing lots of other stuff on that Twitch channel. Thursday nights is Ali and Herring's Twitch of Fun, featuring Brian the Dead Wasp. There he is. Zzz. What's the buzz with Brian Wasp? And also Chicky Chick. There's all sorts. Ah, <laughs> oh dear, what's happened to me? I'm like Michael Benteen's potty time off acid. That's what I'm like. Uh, I seem to have lost Donkey. I hope the Donkey turns up. He's had a good knock. Um, anyway, yes, you can watch that. Uh, there's also snooker and various other ideas for stuff. So just tune in. Why not go there and follow and then you get notifications when we're live. Remember, you can subscribe. You can subscribe with money, but preferably use your Amazon Prime account and link them. And then you can give us £5 every month. Don't forget to resubscribe every month. And that money costs you nothing. It doesn't cost you anything extra. It's part of your Amazon Prime package if you have that. Uh, remember my book The Problem With Men is out in November you can pre-order now the audio book is also available for pre-order which will be the book and also a podcast with me and a very special guest um, probably some other extras in there as well um, the more you can pre-order those things the better it is for me and shortly we'll be starting some kickstart campaigns for the snooker and the stone clearing which you can get involved with if you're a fan of those particular endeavours Anyway, let's sit back, relax, and enjoy. I'm on Taskmaster as well. Can you believe I haven't mentioned that? Taskmaster Series 10 out in October. Let's sit back, relax, enjoy. With Nathan Caton. Hello, please welcome a man who's just had his tarot cards read. It's Richard Herring. Hello. It's good to be here. I'm very hot as well. Look at this. I'm sweating. It's the hottest day of the year, and it's hot up in my little attic up in Hertfordshire. Um, welcome to Richard Herring's locally sourced twattery podcast. Uh, though um, I was hanging around with the rhinoceroses at Whipsnade Zoo uh, yesterday, and I th- that is a cool out. I'm, I don't know if I've ever seen a rhinoceros up close before, but it's the, it is the coolest animal I think I've ever seen. It looks like a sort of animatronic version of a dinosaur that hasn't quite been invented. It does not look real, unless they're all animatronic and then none of them are real. I don't know. But there was a big one and a little one. It was the cutest thing I've ever seen and endlessly fascinating. The coolest animal now, declared by me, and those rhinoceroses, they call it Rahalastopus. I don't know if that's going to catch on. You never know. It might do. Um, it's uh, Oh, I forgot to bring my kids' uh, Father's Day cards up. I'll have to read it out of here. I was going to talk to you about that. I've, I've had my tarot cards read today. It's for a thing I can't talk about yet. Um, but uh, I did it remotely with a lovely lady uh, who uh, didn't tell me too much. She did say that, um, that I, you know, in some ways my career was going around in circles, which I kind of wanted to go, yeah, but it literally, I'm literally doing that. In fact, I've just stopped doing that. She said, things are very busy at the moment. In about a month, everything's going to calm down a bit, which I don't know if I like that very much. She also said that uh, I wasn't 
I wasn't in I wasn't in my relationship with both feet, which uh, I can't wait till my wife sees that because uh, I'm going to be in an awful lot of trouble with her if it you know if she's magic and going to read the future. So uh, it was it was interesting to do it as a skeptical person, but um, she was very nice and I liked her very much. It was Father's Day uh, on um, Sunday, and it's the first Father's Day where my daughter has been able to actually write me a card so it was a very nice thing she did a card which she put together and had a sort of weird picture of me on the front that she made out of beads and inside it said daddy it actually said baddie but i think it was a mistake um i know we have a lot of fun together xxx phoebe that's what she put and and my wife had helped with the spelling but that was her own that's what she'd come up with i know we have a lot of fun together uh phoebe which uh sort of made me well up a bit and then i it just it's the kind of sentence I've heard a lot from women in my life, and it's usually followed by a but. That's the problem. And I think maybe my daughter had a bit more to say, but her writing's so big that she ran out of room, so she just got to I know we had a lot of fun together, but it's time to move on to someone uh, who would be a better partner or dad in her case. Um, so that was that. she gave me a little plastic leopard uh, as well. Uh, my son made me a card as well, and although you wouldn't know it, you had to tell you what it was. He'd drawn a picture of it, me doing a... A poo uh, on the front. That was, which to be fair, is my signature move. So that was very good. Um, what else has been going on? Um, I watched Gemini Man uh, the other day, which I wouldn't recommend. Will Smith playing uh, two versions of himself. I've given away this. I think it's obvious from the poster. Uh, and it's him and then a clone of him. That's. But if there was a clone of you, would it have the same skills as you? That is the question I would like to ask, and that that might become a a new question. Because he's got a he's a very good sharpshooter assassin, but would a clone? I think isn't that partly to do with the way you're brought up and your upbringing? It's not just an innate thing that makes you. He had all the exact same stuff. I didn't like. I would have preferred to see a film where Will Smith and young Will Smith sort of fought a bit and then just started kissing and then started fucking each other. Just I think that would have been a better film. <laughs> is it cheating to to have sex with a clone of yourself? I don't think it is. I don't think it is. It's, the, it's just that it's an elaborate wank as far as I'm concerned. Um, the snooker this week has come to a conclusion. My snooker, uh, very exciting. The Quantum Leap Me won. Um, this won't make much sense unless you've been watching that on Twitch. There's lots of stuff on Twitch TV all the time. Uh, we're recording these every Wednesday night. Next week, Daniel Sloss. Uh, and uh, 8, p- 8 p.m. Wednesday, usually uh, twitch.tv slash Herring. If I mean, if you're watching it now, you know that, right? Because th- you're here watching it. Um, and you can, of course, combine your account with your Amazon Prime account and give us some free money if you want to, or become a monthly badger at gofasterstrike.com slash badges. Or you can buy emergency questions books. There's also uh, have I not have uh, How Not to Grow Up books. I've just found a big pile of them and signed them and drawn cocks in them. Uh, and you can buy one of those from Go Faster Stripe as well. So if you want to give some money back for all this free entertainment through this difficult and weird time, uh, we recorded a gig for the O2, which was meant to be at the O2 this week, but it, we in the bar, admittedly, but it still count, would have counted. Uh, we did it at home with James Acaster. Uh, you people at home will already have heard and seen it, uh, but you people watching Twitch, who are still at home, admittedly, uh, that will come up very soon if you're not with O2. So thank you very much to O2 for uh, helping us out with that. Right, let's get on with the show. Will you please welcome my guest? He is probably best known for playing a compare in the television program Casualty. That's where we've all seen him, and that's why we're oh. <laughs> I've just heard him gasp. With oh. He just remembered it, how good it was. Please welcome Nathan Caton, ladies and gentlemen. Here he is. Here's Nathan Caton. Oh, mate. God, the how are you mate. doing? I was fine until I remembered I just watched it. 
well, I haven't. I, I haven't. I must confess, I did not uh, see that. What was there? Were you playing I'm a cake? <laughs> I'm sure lots. Casualties are very a very popular program. A lot of people saw it, Nathan. Oh, oh man, that, that doesn't make me feel any better. What what do what did it involve? Was it a comedy compare? Or? No, it was like no. Um, you know, like kids have those, those like video game exhibitions, but they're playing video games against each other. I do. I, yeah, I was a compare of of that. Okay. Uh, just walking around, comment- commentating on people's like okay. gameplay. Oh, it was so bad. And then you slipped up on a video game controller and you had to no. go to casualty. No, no, that's the thing. Like nothing even happened to me. I was perfectly <laughs> fine. That's how shit the world was. I was in casualty and I was fine. Um, someone else, someone else had had like a, I think a fit or something. Okay, or a seizure or something, and I just had yeah. to be there. And then okay, that yeah, oh my god. You know what? You no, know it's even worse. Um. I had an audition, at, I think maybe a month or so ago, for McIntyre's yep. Roadshow. Right. Uh, and um, th- th- my agent at the time messed it up. And so he got me casualty uh, to say, well, here's, here's the compromise. It's like, wow. You can't balance those two. <laughs> <laughs> McIntyre's Roadshow could have made my career. This yeah. is just going to um, just force me to drink. Um, yeah. yeah. It was really. Oh uh, well, I mean, you've done a little bits of acting here and there. That's uh, there's four or five IMDb acting jobs I could have picked out, but uh, oh, really? uh-huh. yeah, there's been a few. There's been a few little bits and pieces. Yeah, yeah um, little bits, still some sums. So that I mean, it's quite good to get into. And you know, so you might have got some work as a compare at a video game conference if someone had seen that go. That guy was good. He helped out the kid who <laughs> was having a fit or something, a fit or something he was having. That that guy was like. <laughs> unnecessarily loud let's get him <laughs> well let's look at some of the i see the credit that is actually impresses me the most i couldn't use as my a funny opener mm. is that you have written an episode of raster mouse which with as a man with two children under five <laughs> i'm quite impressed with i man i I, <laughs> um, I don't know i mean can you it's uh it's basically a crime fighting mouse who's in yeah. a in a crew of crime fighting mice but in the, when they finish crime fighting, they play in a reggae band together. Is that the is that a fair summation of the yeah? I mean, yeah, it's of kind the of, situation it's kind of maybe Danger Mouse, but for kids. Yeah, set in like the West Indies. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. it's you know it's good. Yeah, you know I think as far as I can judge these things, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's kids' programs. It's all about it's all about you know, peace and love and mm. and like if someone does something wrong. He's all about helping them get their life on track. Yeah, you know I mean, so, which is nice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's not like nothing like too heavy. <laughs> <laughs> how did you get involved with writing for Raster Mouse? Um, how did I? Uh, <laughs> how did that happen? <laughs> I, I, I don't know how. I think I just did yes and took the money. Um, uh, I did a pilot for Paramount Comedy, as it was back in the day, mm. like Comedy Central. And one of the producers on that uh, was working on Rastamas already with the writers of Rastamas. Uh, and they needed extra writers. And because he knew that I did a lot of stuff about my grandma and you know, my Western yeah. background, he was like, Can sure. come and you know, do this. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. And next thing you know, I was just, yeah, I was, I was writing Monday episodes. I was like, yeah, cool. It's, 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 it's cool. good. I'm, no, I'm impressed. Okay. I, I'm imp- if it, my kids like now. They like different things. Odd bods is they like. I'd be more impressed if you were writing for odd bods. What's odd bods? Well, man, it's how do you describe it? <laughs> um, it's um, is, is it? It's, they're like um. It sounds odd bods sounds like 
Is it something like dodgy? <laughs> it isn't dodgy. They're 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 sort of little. Uh, I mean, almost toys. I and mean, there's obviously someone's got some idea of. They're like they've they've uh, they've got different. You know, like those funny hats you get at festivals. It's like their heads are like funny hats that you get at festivals, all different shapes. Uh, but they're like almost Teletubby, but a bit less Teletubby than Teletubbies. It's hard to describe. It is quite funny. My father-in-law loves it. He's seventy, and he. He laughs at it more than anyone else. So it appeals <laughs> to kids and older people. I don't quite my my daughter's watching Teen Titans Go. That's I think you'd like Teen Titans Go. They do um they do some uh they do some turtle parody, they do some uh, mutant Ooh, ninja turtles okay. stuff in there. Hello. So it's Hello. quite knowing. It's quite knowing and quite clever. Uh, a bit too rude. Oh. Uh, and for my five-year-old daughter, but uh, she does like it a lot. Anyway, let's not talk. Oddball sounds like what Naked Attraction should be called. Right. <laughs> Have you ever seen Naked Attraction? I've, I, I've not watched an episode, but I'm aware of the... I've seen some clips. Yes. Oh, mate. <laughs> Who commissioned that? Who said, <laughs> Who said yeah, that's going to work? Um, well, people... it's very hard to get on TV these days, but you know, someone's <laughs> cock has been on TV more than you and I have put together properly. So I there know, you go, mate. I've changed my career, man. <laughs> so let's have a little. Uh, you, you're a West London boy, uh, and I was until recently living in Shepherd's Bush. Hey. Wikipedia says you uh, were, were born in Hammersmith, but that's not you were Greenford, were you? Were you? Yeah, or did you I, live in Hammersmith? No, no, no. I was born in a hospital in Hammersmith, but I'm, right. I'm Greenford, like, yeah. raised and lived there all my life. There's a citation needed on Wikipedia about your age and date of birth, by the way. That's quite an unusual thing, so I don't know how we can prove that. You're, what? Like, I often do this citation needed, and I've just sorted out, is your birthday, oh, I've got to take my glasses off, the 2nd of November, 1984? It depends who's asking. It does. <laughs> I'm trying to get, if I'm going to ask your mum's maiden name and get a bit more of details out of you. What time is it on the back of your card? <laughs> it's, uh, it's up on, it's, that's what it says, but it says citation needed. 35 citation needed. Yeah, okay, that's correct. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, there's no need for a citation. Just link to this podcast and then we've got that. stuff out, like, because I don't know how people find out these, like, um, that my, I think my middle name is on the internet. And, right. like, how do people find out? Like, yeah, Junior. Yeah, see, how do you, how do you, there's a stalker somewhere, either that or my girlfriend is blabbing too much. How do you, know what is There's stuff? no citation needed on your, you know, so that's been, that they're happy with the proof of that. I mean, there's a lot of things they, uh, they let go without putting citation needed, I have to say, but, uh, so you you nearly studied architecture, that was what you were sort of heading towards? Or, I did. Well, you studied engineering, you nearly, you nearly were going to be an architect, I should say. Yeah, right? so you I studied can, architecture. I did the three-year degree. Right, cool. And then I didn't, I could have carried on to the extra four years to be a proper architect. Mm. But I thought, no, man, I want to um, scrape a living by telling jokes in shitty pubs. <laughs> I mean, architecture sounds like a cool thing to do, though, if you can do it, if you can... You see that. Make buildings. You said that if you can do it. That's the key <laughs> thing. That's if you can do it. I didn't say I was any good. I didn't say my grades are great. <laughs> no. And I guess they don't let you just go out of college, go go and design this building here. I bet you have to do some toilets yeah. and stuff first, yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> you do the shed, toilet. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> design, design shed will give you some Lego, right? If you do go to Lego, it's just moving up. Um, yeah. So I, I did the three-year degree uh, yeah. and then... By the time I, I finished my degree, I was already doing stand-up. I started stand-up when I was 19. 
Yeah, and you well, you'd done some. You'd done a get. I heard talking on Stuart Goldsmith's uh, excellent podcast, comedian. Oh, yeah. comedian. Um, so you'd done you'd done like a gig at like when you're about fourteen or something like that. When you do, at, oh, yeah. for your church group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a church talent show, right? And uh, some some of the people in the youth group they dared me to do stand up because I was always making jokes like on a Sunday. Yeah, like, all right, fine. I'll I'll, I'll go and do some uh, and. I didn't, I didn't think anything of it. I just thought it'd be, it'd be a laugh, you know, make some jokes, make fun of some of the people in the church. Obviously, I had to keep it clean, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll be in church going, hey, what's going on, motherfuckers? Y'all cool? <laughs> Mate, my family would be like outcasted. Um, so yeah, I kept it clean. Yeah. Did some jokes, making fun of people. Um, and that was, that was the first, like, you know, when you come off stage and people are laughing and you get that buzz, you know, as a comedian. Yeah. I was like, ooh, that feels good. <laughs> oh, hello. Um, and I, I kind of, that stuck with me for ages. Yeah. To the point when, when I was 19 at university, I was like, oh, I want to give comedy another go. You know, while I'm still yeah. young or while I, you know, I've got nothing to lose, I'm just going to do it. Because that, that buzz that had when I was 14, I'll never forget it, man. It's, I know it's like a drug, you know, it's like a, yeah. it's, it's, well, I've, it's it's nearly as good as an orgasm, depending on how good your sex is. Yeah, I mean a bad orgasm. It's as good as a bad orgasm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I, you can I, have bad ones. I nearly do. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> but that's quite a big decision to get. You know, like I suppose people do get into comedy at nineteen, but to go into stand up at nineteen and to and to change course once you've once you've sort of realised you like doing it, um, that's quite that's quite early to start. So. You, well, because well, I was so young, and um, yeah. I thought, you know what, I'll just, I'll give it a go for a year or so. You know, yeah. uh, it could be like a little hobby that I do. Uh, but I just evolved to the point where I was like, I'm gonna stick it for a little while, yeah, um, and see how I get along. And 15 years later or so, I'm. Still I mean, it's like crazy, it. but you've been going at this such a long time. <laughs> when you start that young, you're, to me, you're still a very young man. But you know, you've done 15 years of stand-up. I, mean, which I is young, in my head, I'm like 67 years old, <laughs> so much older than I actually am. Oh. <laughs> so I've got my windows open because it's so hot, and that means the uh, the motorbikes of Hertfordshire are going past and making the noise. I apologise if that's uh, interrupting people's. Bad listening, listening pleasure. Oh, you know, it might be better. People might uh, like to hear it. I like, I love motorcycling myself. Um, and, and, and well, let's <coughs> talk about because you you wear a cross on stage quite a lot, and obviously you talk about your church group and stuff. So you are a, certainly when the stuff I've been watching, you're a you're a Christian, which is quite an unusual. I mean, not necessarily unusual to happen, but it's quite unusual for people to admit it in, in the comedy scene and talk about it on the comedy scene. Yeah, 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 and to and to wear a cross on stage, you know, to sort of say, this is who I am. Yeah, I mean, because it's so, I don't know, it feels like kind of taboo to be yeah. like, yeah, I'm a man of faith. Whereas, because in comedies, the joke is that always, like, you know, God doesn't exist, grow up. Yeah. Whereas, yeah I like, hate those you know, guys like, doing that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I could say that uh, I am an axe murderer. I, I'm, I'm, I, I support cannibalism. And that would be more supported than saying I'm a man of faith. Because it's, it's just frowned upon. Well, not frowned upon, but it's just, it's, yeah, it's just rare. Yeah, it is a rare thing. But it's, you know, but then it's good to own and it's good to be who you are, which I think you seem to have, you've grasped that very early on, I think. It's you, your, 
I'm your comedy seems, you know, but your comedy is, it comes from a nice place, I think, as well. You know, it's, it's, there's, it comes from a, there's a Christian sensibility behind it, <laughs> as well as it being. That's not Christian. You know, I'm going to be scared that my grandma <laughs> or my mum will be in the audience and slap the shit out of me if I'm realizing. <laughs> but there's that family thing as well. So you're, you're big into talking about your family, yeah. uh, which is, which is nice as well. It's, it's not that. You know, a lot of comedians want to be the cool renegade. I'm, a, I'm anti everything, and you seem to be a. Uh, seem, you seem to be very reasonable as well in kind of balancing. Yeah, well, if you're talking, you talk about political issues, but you're very balanced in that rather than. Yeah, I, I, I'm not like a, a harsh bad boy shouty kind of. No, no. <laughs> I mean, I've got my opinions, and I'll, I'll yeah. deliver it to you. But I'll, I'll, I'll gently spoon, spoon feed you. <laughs> you don't want another bite? Are you full? Okay, no, you want more? Have another one. There you go. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm a big softy. That's who I am. Yeah. Which I, I have come to accept and acknowledge. Um, like I, I, I say it on stage, you know, like I can't fight, but one thing I can do is I can tell my mum and she'll fuck you up instead. So <laughs> that's 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 who I am. You know, I yeah. know my lane. I'm going to stay in that lane. Man. <laughs> so were your family supportive of this decision to kind of give up your studies, or to give up your what you'd studied for, and <laughs> and become a comedian and go into that world, which seems, you know. A, they, some more distance away from, from their they life. They were so supportive. They absolutely loved the fact that me, the first one in the family to go to university, was going to turn down this degree that costs so much money. <laughs> and shitty rooms above pubs. Um, <laughs> uh, no, they they uh, they were sceptical. They didn't think I was that funny. Um, <laughs> Funny, <laughs> uh, which is uh, a very, very damning indictment from your own flesh and blood. Um, yeah, I told my mum that I was going to do stand up. I remember we, we were out at a restaurant, and her her first reaction was, "Well, how are you going to pay the rent?" And I was like, "Well, you know, I can get paid from gigs." And she's like, "How are you going to pay the rent?" It was actually trying to reinforce, "You're not funny enough to make money from this. How are you going to pay the rent?" Um, my grandma just thought it was a hobby. Because she's, like, she's from an older generation where, to her, a job is like, you know, using your hands or like you're in an office. It's not yeah. on, you know, on stage for a mic. That's, that's not a job. That's just something you do in your spare time for fun. So she didn't get that. Um, yeah, they, they were just baffled and, and like puzzled as to why I, I would walk away from a profession, a solid profession as well. Yeah, like architecture to just tell jokes, you know. Like, um, yeah, like my, I remember, I remember telling my grandma, I was like, yeah, "I'm going to be a comedian." She's like, "Go on and tell me a joke." You're not funny, boy. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, it was just, um, it, it was a, it was a curveball to them. Sure. Yeah, and are they are they supportive now? Or is it, have you have you done well enough to please them? <laughs> oh, yeah. After Live of the Apollo, they were very supportive. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's my son. No, 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 he's so funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, over the years, they've come to realise that actually I, c- I can I can do sure. something. I can make a living from this. Uh, so now they're cool. Like, yeah, the first time I did Love of the Apollo, uh, my mum came down. I think that was one of the first times she'd seen me. Uh, yeah. My mum, my brother, and oh, my girlfriend, maybe my stepdad. Um, but after that, that set, uh, my mum, my brother, they were like, you're really funny. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Part of me was like, oh, thank you, acceptance. But another part of me was like, what, you sound surprised. Like, you thought I'd go there and die and get, like, I was shit all these years. And it's going to be going, I don't know how he's going to follow, this is going to be bad. Um, 
<laughs> well, yeah, they're, now, now they're cool. Now they're like, all right, cool. Yeah. You do your thing. Uh, so you do quite a lot about your your, your mum. I, I, I didn't see this show. Again, I heard you talking to Stuart about it, the uh, teenage mutant Nathan Caton. Yes. Which was about... Obviously, your, your childhood, but about your about your mum and your mum um, getting remarried. Yeah, and and but it was quite a personal show, like quite a serious show about your feelings about that. It was um, it was probably the most emotional show I've ever done. Yeah, um, I'm normally I'm not an emotional person, like because I'm a comedian and I'm a bloke, so emotion just <laughs> put it down. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Um, yeah, so like my, my, my normal response or reaction to anything serious is just to kind of be sarcastic, have a laugh, and try and get out of the conversation. Um, but on this occasion, I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about how I, how I feel and how I felt. And the show was about, uh, so my mom was getting remarried, and uh, she chose her, her brother from Canada to walk her down the aisle. And it was all about my my reaction to that and how I felt like ostracized and left out um, yeah. because I was the obvious candidate because uh, my granddad, her dad passed away when I was a kid. Um, so it was either going to be me or my little brother because I'm the eldest. I thought, well, obviously she's going to choose me. I'm I'm the leading man in her life. Uh, basically, it was just a comedian who's got Oedipus, Oedipus complex, basically. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I just kind of went into like, the emotion and why I was so protective of my mum. Uh, given yeah. everything that we've been through in our past and stuff, me and my mum and my little brother, um, and yeah, it was a, it was a very, um, it was an open show, right? Probably, yeah. I mean, to some of the reviewers in Edinburgh thought it was too emotional. <laughs> to that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that can't be. But in Edinburgh, that's not possible. But I'm kind of interested in. Uh, I'm interested. So, did you? Had you talked to your mum about the stuff you were talking about in the show? I mean, your mum hadn't seen the show, I don't think. Did you, t- did you tell your mum that you were upset about not being asked to? I told her that I was, that I felt like I should have done it. But I, right. I didn't I didn't say it in a serious way. I said it in a very kind of joke way. It's like, come on, how are you going to leave me hanging like this? And she's like, no, no. Like instead, she got me to MC the reception. Right. right. Yeah, because, you know, standing in front of people with a microphone. Like, I don't do that in fucking much of my life. Um, <laughs> and she, I didn't get paid as well. The cheap bitch! No, 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 um, yeah, so I, I, just, I just joked about it. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then I, I, when I did a show, that's when it all came out. And yeah. one of her friends from work was in Edinburgh and saw the show and right. reported back to my mum. And she's like, oh, you felt that way? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was, nah. my mum hasn't seen the show because I haven't done no. the show since because I don't want my mum to see it. Because I don't know, I just feel like we'll have a both start crying or she'll have slapped the shit out of me. So, <laughs> so I was like, nah, I'm not going to do it again. Because the, the, the first the first time I did that, uh, I did a preview of that show, uh, I started crying on stage. Yeah. Because um, I didn't realize, I tapped into an emotion that I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah. Before. And yeah, it all just, it always came out. Was like, yeah. I think that's interesting because I did I did a show about my dad, which is called the Headmaster's Son, which wasn't it was just about him. But he, my dad was my headmaster in my school. Oh wow! Which is a bit, and I always said how weird it was for me. And it, when I, but when I did that show, and my dad was in the audience a couple of times, mm. and then just at the end of the show, I kind of suddenly realized, even at thirty five or whatever I was at the time, that I'd never thought of it from his point of view. Right? I'd always thought, oh, it's awful being the headmaster's son, but I'd never thought how weird it was being the father of a you know, a pupil at your school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, when he was in the audience, I absolutely had the same thing where I couldn't, 
actually get through that bit. I completely, and even though I thought, you know, and you don't, you sort of, it's great for the show in a way, but every time I was going, right, no, no, I'm not, I'm going to get through it. But every time I didn't get through it. So it's, it's, I sort of just find it interesting. And you say you're a man and you push down your feelings and you don't discuss stuff. But obviously, as a comedian, I think, you know, comedians talk about everything. I think, and we, we talk about stuff way more than that male stereotype, at least. Anyway, you know, and so if you're, you know, that you, you've, you've talked very, um, uh, you know, you've talked about subjects I think a lot of men would feel they didn't want to talk about in the pub. You know, there's a great thing on your Twitter uh, feed about you, know, you going to a gay bar and uh, okay. even, even though you're not gay, enjoying the attention you're getting from the, from the gay guys there, which is a, be- a beautiful thing. But like, so a lot of men wouldn't talk about that, you know, in their de- in their daily life. But as a comedian, you you know, you do end up no. expressing yourself, right? On stage, yeah. I can talk about anything. I can, I, <laughs> yeah. Anything serious, I can spin it into some sort of material yeah. and I feel comfortable. But off stage, like, talking about something serious, like my girlfriend or my mum or whatever, and I don't know, I kind of, I, I freeze. I don't know how to just open up like that. But yeah. you're on stage to strangers, easily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, I just sort of think that's sort of interesting that you can get all of that that show out to an audience of strangers it's you know but it's just it just says a lot about the comedy brain and the way a comedian works that we're just messed up that you can do that but it's you know it's messed up but it's kind of it's sort of cool and it's sort of interesting but uh yeah mainly messed up um <laughs> let's talk a bit about lock- well, we're in lockdown still uh <coughs> people at home what listening to the podcast are probably in the second lockdown with a lot more deaths happening that's my prediction I hope I'm right because it'd be embarrassing if I'm wrong. Um, so, <laughs> um, how's it? You know, you're a, you're a, you know you're that straight down the line kind of clubbing comedian. I mean, you do other jobs as well. You do other work as well, but you're working six or seven nights a yeah. week in clubs, right? It's, it's and good. so suddenly, how how is it to suddenly have that rug pulled out from under your feet and Massive suddenly have no gear work? change? Massive yeah. gear change. You know, yeah, gigging six seven nights a week, doing multiple gigs. In the night, some nights. Yeah. Now I'm just sitting here doing nothing, like just like drinking alcohol. <laughs> that's what I do, man. Like rum punch. That's my microphone. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Drinking alcohol, playing FIFA. Uh. Just actually talking to my girlfriend. You know. So like, oh, wow. That's what you sound like. Wow. Well, like, you know, um. Yeah. That that's fun. I mean, I love my girlfriend, but it's kind of. Is she is it difficult for her? You know, that's the thing. It sort of just it just changes that that lifestyle where you're always out in the evening. Yeah, and you know, like, she may have got used to that and uh, and, and enjoy that, and then suddenly you're, you're kicking around every night. The thing is, she only moved in. Um, <clears throat> so she moved in with me like October. Oh, really? Right. So it's kind of gone from like okay, I was living by myself for a few years, enjoying yeah. it. Then she moved in. And was like, okay, and now she's here. All the time, like <laughs> fuck my life. I did not think. Like, if I knew this was coming, I would have asked her to move in, like next year. So I said I can have this whole lockdown by myself, chilling. Um, but yeah, um, it's just and yeah, it's just it's is it's it's hard for her as well because sure, um, she's got a proper day day job. She's a teacher, so right. during the day she'd be out out of the house to myself, chilling. It's my time. Then when she comes in. I'm going out. So then she goes the evening, her time. So we, yeah. we both had this lovely balance where we maybe see each other for half an hour in the day, but that was enough. You know, <laughs> we just walk past and go, what's up? Yeah, cool, what's up, what's up? And then we just enjoy each other's space and stuff. But now we're just together 
all the time. And, mm. oh, I mean, like, actually, can I share something with you? Yeah. I wrote a poem right, based on being a not known for my girlfriend. Can I, can I read it out to you? Yeah. Okay, cool. Please do. Uh, cool. Um, this poem, where's it gone? Oh, here we go. All right. See, I mean, it's probably a lot of couples can relate to this, right? Um, <clears throat> it's cool. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> my bad. This poem uh, that I wrote from uh, Best of My Girlfriend is called I Love You, But Can You Just Fuck Off Now, Please? Right. Okay. It's, it's, <laughs> um, I've never done poetry before, but I just thought, you know, I, I felt inspired. So, I wrote it. okay. This poem, because <clears throat> it is, um, it's not that I don't love you. It's not that I don't care. It's just that everywhere I go, everywhere I turn, you're always fucking there. When I go to get some food, when I choose to have a sit, there you are, right on top of me, like a fly on a piece of shit. <laughs> you're amazing. You still make me weak at the knees. I love you, but can you just fuck off now, please? Right. Second verse. <laughs> it's not that I'm not there for you, now and forever but I will stab you in the face with a fucking fork if we have to spend any more time together. Morning, noon, and night, <clears throat> every hour that God has sent, yet you still ask me, how was your day, babes? You know how the fuck it went. Look, I'm crazy about you, more than you can believe. I love you, but can you just fuck off now, please? Yes, we get on. The sex is amazing, and we have a laugh. But when I see you at home during the day, I think, why can't you be frontline staff? A doctor or a nurse or in a supermarket packing a shelf. Something that gets you away from me so I can have the house all to myself. Yes, we're in a relationship, but no, we're not fucking Siamese. I love you, but can you just fuck off now, please? Last verse. Okay. Before the lockdown, I used to look at you and think, I'm so lucky, I don't deserve her. But now I look at you and I think, I'm going to do time for murder. Go for a walk, get some exercise. Take a stroll around the block. Take your time, though. Don't rush back. Enough time for me to change the locks. Since we've been at home together, it's like pissing me off has become your expertise. I love you, but can you just fuck off now, please? It's beautiful. From the heart, mate. From the heart. It's really... <laughs> <laughs> I thought it might turn around in a John Dunn-esque way and real, you know, like the and reveal your true love for her. I mean, not that that wasn't there all through, but... No, I'm glad it just carried on. I'm fine. It's better it just <laughs> carried on. Got worse and worse. How are you feeling as a comedian without that outlet to perform? So my, my wife was um, uh, kind of obs obsessed with that idea that, I, that if I ever get stopped doing gigs, I was... Uh, I don't know what's happening here. I've got something coming off of my screen. Hopefully Chris Evans is watching. I think I've been signed out of Zoom, but hopefully it's all, it's all good. <laughs> oh, okay. It's turned into you. It's fine. It's just a technical thing at this end. My wife's kind of obsessed with the idea that if I don't gig for a while, I become a sort of miserable cunt, and then I go and I go and gig again, and everything's fine again. Have you? Have you? But have you missed that? You know, I think there's. And I've, Sarah Millican was talking about this. You know, the adrenaline is actually a drug, and and yeah. to not get that adrenaline, mm. a few weeks in, you could sort of get properly depressed. Have oh, you yeah. found that or have you managed to find an outlet to, no, to, get, to I, get that? Well, the poem was a good one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I totally get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, is, there have been days when I've I've been miserable and I've, I've just been like, I said to my girlfriend, just leave me alone. I just need to be on myself. And it's like, sure. I don't know, just kind of just, oh, just kind of 
get my head around the fact that this is life for now. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's not been able to go out and just like, I mean, I've always loved stand up, but in lockdown, I've, I've realized how much I really love it. Like really cherish what I do for a living, be able to go out on stage and just make people laugh, make people happy for like 20 minutes, half an hour or so. Um, and now I can't do that. You know, like I tell jokes to my girlfriend, but she doesn't appreciate it. It's like, oh, you're a sh- shit crowd. Um, yeah, it is. I said, it's, it's, it's a gear change. It is yeah, yeah. Really frustrating. I mean, when when the world opens up and we're allowed back out, there's going to be a backlog of stuff, mate. Audiences are going to have to just sit there and take it. I've got so much to say. Yeah, but you know, when will it be? You know, they've announced as we're as we're doing this. You know, the bingo halls are allowed to open, <laughs> the cinemas are allowed to open. I don't quite get, you know, why a cinema can be a, a funny film. They can show a funny film, but they a comedian can't. If it's anything to do with people laughing and it, exp- yeah. I, mean, I know funny films aren't as funny as comedians, but if it's about spreading germs, <laughs> it's sort of you know. I just don't know when we're going to get back into being able to do live stuff. Mm. And then, you know, if you've been making, I mean, I presume you make most of your living from, yeah. from stand up on the clubs. Yeah. Yeah. So how, you know, how are you, are you, are you going to be able to cope for another if it's six months? If it's another seven, eight months, are you going to be able to get through that period? Of time? Um, I've already started looking at like prostituting myself. <laughs> uh, my girlfriend's not happy about it, but I was like, babes, it's, no. I've I've got enough love to go around, baby. No worries. <laughs> you're like, well, you're lucky. You're very good looking, so that will that can work out for you. But look, I mean, this raddled old, no, mate, this corpse. I can't do anything. There's something for everyone, mate. Don't put. Your- <laughs> someone wants this. Someone out there someone- is prepared to pay for this. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, dad. Well, look. Let's. Um, I'll ask you a couple of emergency questions, then we'll get on to even more serious topics that I want to talk to you about. Uh, let me ask you some of my new emergency questions. Okay. Um, if you, uh, if all the art galleries and museums in the world got together and said. You are allowed, Nathan Caton is allowed to take one item, a painting, a historical artifact, anything from any museum or art gallery in the world. Is there something you would like to possess if they if they allowed you to take it? Is there anything that would take your fancy? Any painting? Any painting or, you know, anything in a museum, anything in an art gallery. It doesn't have to be art. It can be an historical artifact or just something you fancy. Oh, gosh. Um... And it's quite. It's a big question. Yeah. I would. Do you ever go to music? Do you go to museums much? I see that's how I pass my time on tour. Sometimes going to crazy museums and stuff and seeing. Um, I mean, you could just get something valuable and yeah. sell it. I'm, I'm, I might just go to like uh, the Natural History Museum. Yeah. Just take anything because it's not British. It's stolen anyway. <laughs> like, now you know how it feels. Just take something. Anything. Yeah, British the Elgin marbles. Uh, yeah, could be given back. You can give them back. I mean, you can take them and give them back. That's uh, that's definitely allowed. Um, and who is the most famous person you've ever been in a lift with that you didn't get in the lift with that you weren't with when you got in the lift? Have you ever been in a lift with a famous person? Oh gosh, um, you must have been. Come on, Nathan. In a lift with a famous person. Come on, have I? You must have been. Mate, you are very overestimating my lifestyle, mate. Um, Just by like down the Westfield, someone you must have. Had, I met I met Shane Ritchie at the Westfield. That's the kind of thing that can happen. Oh, I know. You know, I, I can't I can't go to Westfield. There's too many people. I just end up like just accidentally kicking someone in the back of the head. 
Uh, <laughs> have I been in in the list of someone famous? Um, Lee Ryan from Blue. Have you? Yeah. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good one. Is that, is that, is that good? Yeah, no, I'm very impressed with that. That's a good choice. What was he like? Did anything happen with Lee Ryan when he was in the lift? He's a he's a, he's a bit of a geezer, man. He's, he's down yeah. to earth. Yeah, he's like, I don't know. For some reason, I always, always think singers would be like divas, but he's like, nah, he's like, mate, how you doing? He's like, mate, you know you're a singer, man. Be a diva. Like, tell him to shut up or something. Just look at me and go, mm, no pictures. But no, he was a cool guy. Really laid back. Good. Well, it's good to know. That's how that's how we find out. We find out about a lot about celebrities in the lift. Um, so, look, um, one of the things I want to talk to you about was you recently tweeted something that I thought was great, which, again, with everything that's going on in the world, uh, is incredibly uh, relevant. Um, where uh, I think it's this, like, it's it's about this idea of privilege, right? And, I, I, and what really struck this of, of me about this is that you and I have the same job, yeah. Uh, and sh- you know, and should have the b- same basic lifestyle as a result. You would hope, yeah. You know that, w- and that's one of the things I <clears throat> like about comedy is it should, it sort of. F- and I know it isn't quite, but it feels like it's a level playing field that anyone, c- if you're funny, anyone can go in. If you can go in a club and do it, yeah. And 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 if you're funny, you should be <coughs> successful. Therefore, because you know it's about talent, the talent to make people laugh. You'd you'd got this. I don't know where you got it from, but there was someone asking questions, just basic questions about life like you know when you you go and do a shop have you ever been you know someone followed you around thinking you're stealing stuff if you walk down the street people cross the road and you've got to hold up your 10 10 fingers you hold up and you've got to put a finger down every time um happened to you that thing has happened to you like i didn't i maybe put half a finger down wow seriously really you you yeah i mean like mate i think maybe there's been a, you know, and I can't even think of a specific example. Maybe I, I you know, someone's crossed the street because it's that they've been worried it's late, late at night. Someone might have crossed the street to get to get because I was walking behind. I'm not a very threatening looking guy, I have to say. So it was a very, if it happened, it was a very weak, weak person. Yeah, all well, they turn around and go, oh, it's okay. <laughs> but you put, uh, you know, there was about 12, 13 questions. Yeah. We might put, we might sl- sl- slice this in for people to see into the into the podcast. Check your privilege edition. Put a finger down if you have been called a racial slur. Put a finger down if you've been followed in a store unnecessarily. Put a finger down if someone has crossed the street to avoid passing you. Put a finger down if you've had someone clinch their purse in an elevator with you. Put a finger down if you've had someone step off of an elevator to keep from riding with you. Put a finger down if you've been accused of not being able to afford something expensive. Put a finger down if you have had fear in your heart when being stopped by the police. Put a finger down if you have never been given a pass on a citation that you deserved. Put a finger down if you have been stopped or detained by police for no valid reason. Put a finger down if you have been bullied solely because of your race. Put a finger down if you have been denied service solely because of the color of your skin. Put a finger down if you've ever had to teach your child how not to get killed by the police. Any fingers left? That's privilege. Basically, you put down every when every question basically was you. You put your finger down, apart from one that you didn't understand what the question yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I'm, is I'm, and that is just that's just astonishing to me. So I think it's so powerful about about privilege and about <laughs> how people people don't get that about the you know when it's all this. I mean, you know, again, I saw you tweeting about this, but. 
Black Lives Matter. I mean, you know, it was bad enough people saying all lives matter. Just this week, we've had people flying planes saying white lives matter, yeah. which is a kind of massive misunderstanding of what this is. But I guess white people don't get the innate privilege of what the, of, of the way their lives are. Uh, no, no, well, first of all, it's not all white people. No, <laughs> so, let's not make a <laughs> general sweeping assumption. Um, no, it's, it's a, a small minority of people who <clears throat> I think maybe if if it was not called Black Lives Matter and called Black Lives Matter as well, then yeah. maybe they'd get it. But I don't know. I don't know if they just don't get it or just don't want to get it. They don't look. It's the same. You know, I do this thing on. I mean, I'm I'm writing about this for the, a book I'm writing. I, I do on International Men's Day. Uh, International Women's Day, men go, when's International Men's Day? And there is already an International Men's Day, they don't realise, and, you know, I tell them when it is. But it's it's that implication that if there's a day for something or a movement for something, that that means it's against yeah. the opposite of that. Which, is, But you only think that if you're already, even if you don't know it, if you're already prejudiced, yeah, because it's not, you know, Black Lives Matter isn't saying, and white lives don't matter. Yeah, I know. It's saying, you know, white people aren't going to get, you know, shot by the police or kneeled on their necks till they're dead for eight minutes, you know, so it's... Well, it's kind of like on Black Friday, going into a shop that's busy with people and go, guys, guys, calm down. All Fridays are important. It's like, no, no, you're, you're missing the context, okay? Like, Black Lives Matter, it's not saying only Black Lives Matter. It's not saying black people, black lives are more superior. It's not like, well... My support for it is not based on superiority. It's just based on equality and fairness and of course. peace and love and harmony. Yeah. But <clears throat> still, like, even like today, I, on Facebook and Twitter, I've got people like tweeting me and commenting on my posts and saying, you know, you're, you're, you're a hypocrite. You've been racist. Like, no, I'm not. You don't get that. Like, okay. It's like, I, I said this to one guy. It's, it's like me, like a heterosexual man going to gay pride going, straight lives. What about straight lives? Like, yeah. I'll look like a, an imbecile like how i'm missing the point i'm being a dickhead it's like you're missing the context here okay like this i'm not trying to you know say that black people should be put on a pedestal no 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 it's like, i just want us to be all equal but yeah it's just staggering how like people just, just don't get it i think but i think it's because i mean i've been thinking about it a lot not just uh not just the uh race thing and the sec the sexual equality and sex you know the yeah. Uh, quality of you know all the all the types of equality, and I think people are threatened when you see the guys who went to the whatever the fuck the protest against oh, the, the, the the Winston Churchill thing. Those guys were just angry. They were just angry, and they didn't they didn't know what it was about. You know, I mean, they didn't know what they were angry about to the point they could piss on the. They thought they had flex statues, and one of them could piss on the memorial to the policeman who got yeah, killed yeah. by terrorists. You know, which presumably would be the antithesis of everything that they would think. But you know, they're lashing out at police. They're just, they're just angry, and I think because they feel lost, and I think they feel they, don't, you know, they, they don't know where they're going in life, and they feel um, that things are against them. But I think what they don't, I, I think what those guys don't realize is that the en- their enemies are the, exactly the same enemies as. The yeah. people who are fighting for equality. And also, you know? I don't think they realise what irony is because there was the guy who was a uh, protecting a statue of Churchill by doing a Nazi salute next to it. It's like, mate, yeah. that's like black people protecting a statue of Martin Luther King by covering it in a white hood. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Think about what you're doing. Um, yeah, yeah, it's like 
there's no need for you to be angry. We're not saying that you're, you're not important. Obviously, you're important, okay? All lives matter, yes. Yeah. But black lives have to matter for all lives to matter. You get what I mean? Um, yeah. But yeah, that's just, I don't know. It's like, it's like banging your head against the wall sometimes, going, God. I, d- I sort of think, it, um, what I think is, uh, what I think is hopeful, I hope, is that, you know, well, I've been I've been around a bit longer than you, and I've been in this country <laughs> since you know through the seventies, which you you missed, which you were lucky to miss the seventies, <laughs> where you know where things were, I I think were definitely worse than they are now. I think we sort of it's ebbed and flowed, and I think you know I think like I I'm probably guilty of this. I thought we hit this century, and thought oh this stuff is all this stuff's all sorted out. We've we're there, we've got it, and you know it, it, that was definitely wrong, right? But in the seventies, the casual racism on TV, the sort of stuff you'd see on TV, was just uh, just appalling, re- really, really bad. Mm. Uh, and so, like things that have improved, and and I think when you look at the the thing I was going to say, when you look at the that Burnley fucking plane going through White Lives Matter, Burnley, mm. um, the immediate response of the club, of all the players, the captain of that team was, "This is this is embarrassing. This is ridiculous. This is awful." And I kind of just hope that if those guys are saying that you know if 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 that's the immediate response, which again in the seventies that wouldn't have been the immediate response, you know that it would have been yeah you know if then if then if any like this, I know you know <coughs> it it the history of this is long and complicated and, and awful and obviously the sixties we saw like all the stuff you're talking about Martin Luther King and 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 all that and all that going on so there, it was it was happening but I think in Britain in the seventies you know most people would have been just out and out racist uh, and i think now i don't know i hope but but what you know this is my fucking experience which is not as as your video really shows See, is not the, not the real experience media, mate. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but my experience isn't the real experience and your experience is the genuine experience did you have you found any difference since brexit in terms of you know of some some of the uh, black and asian comedians i've spoken to you know noticed a, di- a shift after brexit in terms of audiences towards them um i feel like well from my perspective what i see i feel like since brexit a lot of like uh discriminatory comments or discriminatory actions it, it feels like it's been more accepted now um yeah like yeah 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 it's like, it's like now they've got like a bit of a platform now that yeah yeah like, not saying that brexit supporters are racist i'm not saying that obviously um People have voted for, for Brexit for their own personal reasons, but for some people it has been a, a chance for them to air out some of these views, which are like, whoa, mate, what what year are you living in, man? Um, <clears throat> uh, at, at the gigs, it's n- nothing like directly towards me per se, but I've just noticed in in general, I just maybe out in the public as well, there's a, <clears throat> a, a bit more confidence to say things which. They wouldn't have said maybe five, ten years ago. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, I just, I mean, personally, I just hope it's as things weaken, they sort of get more angry and and more, you know, and louder. You know, what I mean, it's it. I, I, I God, I hope it's that. I mean, I really hope it's that. But it's it's you know, and I hope what's happening at the moment is a sort of sea change but it's it's um you know i, I well i sort of, i think as a comedian you're you're really interesting right because i look at you and i go like oh for the last 20 years 
TV's been going, we want uh, more black comedians, we want more diversity, we want this, we want that. You are a very uh, marketable black comedian, I would say, in that you are, you know, well, you know, but you you are everything that you would think, like, say, Saturday night, uh, and, you know, Michael McIntyre, exactly that thing, you would think, this is is a guy who's doing family-friendly material, mostly, is doing, you know, is very good at his job. He, you know, he has that. If you if you're looking in a box ticks it ticking, he's got that box ticking thing. And yet you have not, you know, the fact that I was talking to Katie, my wife, about this, and she was saying, you know, Richard, the thing is, everything they're all racist. All these, all these, <laughs> they're just racist because you are the, you know, if if you've been working for 15 years as a stand up, and you know you've had radio shows and you've been on some panel shows and some TV shows, but there's there's you know that big break has not mm. yet come for you. I think that's no. fair to say. Yeah. It's been it's been close. Yeah. But it hasn't happened. No. And that's what that's I think that's Katie's saying, you know, it's just it's it's what? the system's racist. I, well, I, I, that's it's it's easy to, to say that, but yeah. I mean I would always take responsibility myself and be like, okay, what can I do? Well what else can I do to get to where I want to be? So I'm yeah I'm 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 just all I can do is just do me just do what I do um and hope that you know someone sees it and goes yeah just give him a shot just give him a go you know, you know see see what happens man um <clears throat> yeah that's well that's that's what my agent says to me just keep plugging away just keep doing it man keep doing it people will see that you're funny just keep plugging away um and yeah whatever happens happens isn't it it is, but it's interesting, isn't it? Because it's not, you know, there aren't. I know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I get. I totally get what. You're <laughs> I mean, it is. It is very outrageous. Outrageous. Too much of a statement to say that, like, Lenny Henry is still the biggest black name in comedy. Yeah. Um, when there's a lot of good black talent out there. Sure. Um. I mean, that's the thing. There's a lot, you know, and I would accept it if it was, you know, because we, you know, we all understand how it works. And like, there's good comedians who don't get that break. There's good comedians who go and do their own thing and whatever. Mm. Uh, but, you know, it's not, <laughs> it, it, you just suddenly go, well, like, I mean, again, I hope it's going to change. You know, everyone's saying, no, it's all going to, you know, it's everything's going to change now. But it just feels, weird to me and i'm sure it feels weird to you oh, and no, you're no. and you're and you're being uh very diplomatic and i, <laughs> and, and I appreciate it i appreciate it um but you know if that i mean for, I, well I, if there's anyone watching who's in control of tv i would have to tell them that you know i think i just think what the stuff you're doing is is that per, I, I would say just perfect prime time um you know that that Saturday night stuff, and you you could you could be there, and you could be doing that, and you know that isn't necessarily true of a lot of comics. That's a very specific thing to, that certain comics can do. Can you? Um, and it's not good for me. I couldn't. I couldn't. Can you represent me, please, mate? I, I will. I'm going to represent you. <laughs> but, but no, um, I get what you, I get what you mean. I mean, like yeah. you know, a sitcom, for example. Um, okay, so uh, Dane Baptiste, very good comedian, mate of mine, had a, a sitcom BBC Three, but before him. There wasn't, I think Desmond would have been the last yeah. black sitcom. And that was in early 90s. So that was early 90s. So, I mean, it says a lot that there's been a vacuum, a void, right? Um, not saying that we should be put on just based on the color of our skin. Obviously, we've got to be good as well. But the thing is, there are a lot of good black comedians out there. So, yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> it says a lot 
you know, I, I yeah, yeah, I, I get, I totally get what you mean. Um, <clears throat> you know, there's a lot of a uh, lot of people talk the talk, don't necessarily walk. The yeah, talk. I mean, it's you know, and it's difficult, and it's you know, and I, you know, I'm conscious all the time. You know, it's you have to think of so <laughs> like I'm booking guests for this show, and you have to think of like who's going to be good at it. Uh, which is a lot of people and you know and then i want to i want to balance everything up and once you start balancing everything up you sort of go oh god you know this is kind of <laughs> i haven't balanced that but i haven't balanced that and it's got to be about who's funny mm. and who's and who's ready as well to do it mm. but you know everyone can make that decision and i think everyone can look into the heart of it kate was just saying they're all there's all these white middle class people making this decision about what goes on tv and they're scared and i go they can't be scared of nathan he's like the is <laughs> the he's the least scary <laughs> i mean you're a big guy like you're, you're a tall guy that's the only you say but you can't be you can't be scared of you you know if you see your act is it's a is a lovely inclusive funny uh act is not a terrifying thing you know and i can see some black comedians who are who are also fantastic, who I can understand would scare white middle class <laughs> producers. Oh my! And good, oh. <laughs> and they might not put them on, but you know, hopefully, fuck them and they'll get through anyway. But um, yeah, you know what I'm saying. But it's um, yeah, yeah I, it's, I get you mean. But um, um, yeah, oh, it's the industry I've well, come to know. <laughs> I know, and it's you know, it's so difficult, and you and you're you're aware. That, you know, most comedians think they're great. Most comedians in their heart think they should be there and not all comedians can be there, right? Yeah. So it can't, not all comedians can get that. But it is, uh, and maybe TV, you know, maybe TV doesn't matter. Let's talk about, I was listening to your podcast today, which I which I loved. Uh, you had Jason Manford on in the last one, I think. Uh, yep. Called uh, Give Us Some Good the Give Us Some Good News podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, are you do So how are you doing these, is this a weekly Yeah, well, it started podcast? off daily when we were locked yeah. down and we had nothing to do. Uh, so it's good. it was a good outlet, and then as um as the world starts to kind of slowly crawl back to some sort of normality, we've gone to weekly now, <clears throat> and um yeah, basically the podcast is just something to distract us from all the doom and gloom that's going on at the moment. So you know, we don't talk about coronavirus, corona free, Trump free, you know, racism, Black Lives Matter free, all that. It's just just trying to bring positivity to people's lives, put a smile on their face, you know, someone that puts them in a good mood. Uh, and give me some good news podcast. Yeah, it's good. No, it's a lovely, it's a good idea, and like, and pretty difficult to not talk about yeah. those subjects when that's all that's happening. So that's that's, that, but that's that's a good comedic exercise as well because you're yeah, absolutely right. It's you know we we we're hearing a lot about those subjects. Yeah, well, uh, certain we just end up talking about food most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> what have you baked? Or what have you had this week? You know, oh, you know, Nando's now doing collections. Oh, really? Great. So, yeah, it's a lot of food talk because um, that's, that's that's what we do, man. Yeah. You're not down to eat and drink. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's, you know, I think some comedians aren't going to get through this six or seven month period. With uh, there will be a lot. I've I've gone back and forth with the drinking. I was drinking a lot of this. I hadn't drunk for ages. And then I was drinking a lot at the start. Then I thought I'll knock that on the head. Yeah. And I did that for what felt like months, but was probably only two weeks. Time has <laughs> taken on this very elastic property where it feels like it's, it's... Do you find this? The weeks are going so fast, but it feels it doesn't feel like that long that we've been in lockdown as well. Yeah. It, feels like, it feels like I've had 100 Thursdays since this started. But, uh, well, and I it always know. feels like Thursday. I don't even know what day of the week. It's just a blur no. now. It's like... 
Sunday feels like any day and, and Tuesday feels like any day. It's just bleh, it's just the sun coming up and going down over and over and over again. And there's no labels to it. It's just another day stuck in the house. Listen to my girlfriend talk about who knows what now. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah. Oh man, drinking rum. I made rum cake the other day. I never made rum cake before, but I thought I rum cake. Yeah, I'm gonna make yeah. a cake, but it has to have alcohol in it. Yeah, that's so, yeah. nice. I might give cake. that a go. Has a rum pie. Uh, I've been doing a bit of cooking as well. So I made a loaf of bread. I made something very exciting that I can't talk to people about yet on this. They'll see when they oh. when they. When it comes up, they'll find out about it. Uh, is there is your uh, is the Radio Four series show is that done and dusted, or is there any chance that might? Because uh... no. you did a few series of that show, right? Yeah, I did three three series, and then um, like... uh, white middle class England thought, okay, that's enough. <laughs> it's good though to get three series on Radio Four. Oh no, no. I think Radio Four is kind of it's sort of definitely led the uh, the charge for female comedians. I think Radio Four, like it feels like. They've they've got they've really rep, gone to represent female comedians in the panel shows. They were way ahead of of that. But uh, yeah, getting three series on Radio Four is nothing to be sniffed at. Oh, no, that was I'm, like a sta- it's like stand up and it's sort of stand up and sitcom about your life sort of thing. Yeah, really, it will. Yeah. It's based on um, me turning down architecture to be a comedian. Yeah, how my family reacted to it and stuff. You know, living at home. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I got yeah, the three series. It was great. Um, because when I first started doing stand up, I never thought like I would be in Radio Four. You know, I, 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 I'm not exactly the, the demographic for Radio Four. Um, <laughs> like I, I remember when I first, the first writing job that I did on Radio Four was writing for News Quiz when um, Sandy Toxvig was the host, and I wrote, a, I wrote, I wrote a joke or some line. And afterwards, the producer came up to me and said, "I'm, I'm Nathan. Um, it's very funny, but just FYI, um, Sandy doesn't use vocabulary like yo." <laughs> um, <laughs> well, oh, shit, sorry, it's my voice. Let's just take it out to hi. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah. But, so the fact that you know, Radio Four trusted me, with this, it, yeah. it's, it's great. You know, and I, I got a lot of work out of it from doing other bits and pieces. Yeah. And uh, I'm now using that the premise of that sitcom. I'm now using for a TV development that I'm doing, which is great. My life again, but advanced. So now I've got yeah. my girlfriend involved now and her family and stuff. And it's yeah. more like coming of age. So I'm, I'm working on that. Cool, man. So yeah. that sounds good. I, well, I, you know, it seems to me. I know you did. You did the Paramount, like a pilot for Paramount, right? Of the Nathan Cate and Joe. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. That was a car crash. Oh, gosh. Was it? Oh, <laughs> bad memories, Richard. <laughs> I, well, you know, I've got to go to the bat. I told Michael <clears throat> Palin. I reminded Michael Palin about a film he was cut out of. So I've got to do some. I've got to do some well, pulling you apart. No, that was yeah. I mean. <laughs> It was at the time it was cool and it was a yeah. good, good bit of exposure, but that was <clears throat> that was that was too soon. I was only like twenty one, twenty two at the time. It was like, all oh, right, it was that it was that long ago. I look back on it now. I'm like, yeah, mate. That, that, you know what I mean? You look back on some jokes and like, fuck, I said that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Jeez, yeah. But imagine having that on TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but then that's interesting because I mean, you know, because you've already done like 15 years of of stand up, and I felt this even with you know Stuart and me when we 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 go being about five years and we got a TV series, you know, five years in, and you know, in hindsight, I wish, I mean, I'm glad it didn't wasn't longer, but if it (laughs) if it it would have been just because I'd have had to spend more time with him, but if it had been 
it'd have been better for us. You know, you'd have appreciated it more. I think like when you're young, if you're 21 and someone gives you a TV show, you kind of think, oh, this is what's meant to happen. This is normal. Yeah. And you don't like appreciate what an <clears throat> amazing opportunity that is, you know, and, and, and it can work or it can't work. You know, that's the, the, the you can do something good and no one sees it and no one notices it. Or you can do something bad and uh, everyone notices <laughs> that's bad. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting that you've, because there's so many comedians you go, oh, they're a fairly, you know, I'd look at you and go, oh, Nathan's quite a new comedian. And you go, oh, no, no, he's not. He's, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he, won, so he won the 2005 Chortle Student Award, so you've been going for 15, 15 years. years Bloody then. hell. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, so, uh, that's, that's quite depressing. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. I'm here to make you feel bad. I've finished my, I've finished my, it's on the straight run. I finished my beer. Yeah, well, I'm I'm drinking brandy straight out of the bottle now. <laughs> that's good. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Well, that's that's a good 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 choice. Um, but yeah, look, it's all it's all going. And you've done we've done live at the Apollo twice, haven't you? And you've done and that, those sets yeah. are well worth looking out. There's a brilliant. There's a great routine about um, you uh, sending texting a picture of your bum to your church group, which you know not not many comedians going to be able to steal that one. Oh gosh, yeah, gosh, that's yeah. a, good, it's a great routine. Memories, I'm trying to forget. You keep bringing them back up. People um, should people should check it out. I'm giving people at home a chance. Google and check out. Oh, let's talk about it. You're on Mastermind. How did you do on Mastermind? We on um, Mastermind. Okay, okay. It's, it was it was a tale of two halves. Right. Okay. So the, my my chosen subject was the Premier League. Okay. Smash that. Yeah. Twelve out of twelve. All right. Then came to general knowledge. Turns out uh, I watch too much Sky Sports and not enough of everything else. <laughs> um, yeah, I got maybe I don't know five. Out oh, of but that's five. okay. No, it's not. It was bad. I was I was in, I went into second round confidence. I was in the lead. Like, <laughs> wow. Nailed this. Yes, <laughs> my university degree is going to come in handy. And no, nah, mate, no. I finished third. Third. Well, I was, I was, I was second, but I did really well. But I was second. I'm, I'm very annoyed about it. My general knowledge is good. <laughs> Your chosen subject. Uh, I did Rasputin, the, the uh, yeah, which I knew a little bit about, but it was I worked very hard on it. Okay. It wasn't something I had to learn all this stuff in phonetically because I can't speak Russian. So it was. Uh, I may have mentioned it on this podcast before. It may have. It may. Have, <laughs> it may have come up before. Have you done any other? Have you done any other? Because that those that's that's the only outlet I have on TV now is to appear on TV quiz shows. That's what that's the only thing they let me do now, which I'm I'm cool with. I have to say, that's okay. fine. But um, have you done? Have you done pointless? You haven't done pointless yet. No, I haven't done pointless. I haven't done trade. You'd be great on uh, House. You got to do House of Games, man. Have you done House of Games? No, you'd be good at House of Games. Really? And they they would like you on House. Of- I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna direct message Richard Osman. Straight after this, and tell him to put you on House of Games. He, he might not because he's a Fulham fan. I support Brentford. He might be a bit <laughs> rivalry there. That's okay. <laughs> I think he can overcome it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I'm up for that. I'm, I mean, I'm waiting to do um question of sport. If they if they, if they have yeah. a celebrity question of sport, mate, I'm there. Right. I know a lot about sports. I just don't know anything anything else. Right. Well, that's but it's good to you know. I'm not that interested in sport. This hasn't been a difficult time for me in terms of there being no sport. Oh, yeah. Um, I support York City. This will be a good trivia question for you. Okay. York City, I think, might be the only team who've finished top of their league and not got promoted unless they win in the playoffs. York City are in the National Conference yeah, North. Okay. They finished the they finished the season top of the league division, but they're now in the playoffs 
for the second place. So they didn't they don't get promoted automatically <laughs> despite being first. Now, there's every chance. I mean it's very unlikely they won't fuck it up because it's York City. <laughs> so um don't York City yawn. Someone's just said in the chat room, fuck you. Um <laughs> There's every chance. So that's a great trivia question. They'll get, you know, that, which team came top of their league and didn't get promoted? You note yourself. Noted. Yeah, keep that in your head. Hey, look, man, it's been really, really lovely to talk to you. And uh, I obviously wish you the best of luck. I'm your biggest fan. I'm going to make sure that Richard Osmond puts you on to House of Games. Cool. That, that's probably as much as I can do. Mate, you know what? That's more than... <laughs> Certain people have done for me. Last week. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. I said, mate, because I can't get on TV, and you know, what, who's going to start thinking about the white middle-aged men? That's when. When are they going to get <laughs> my life, my career matters as well? When someone going to think about me? White comedians matter. White comedians matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, hey, look, it's been great. Are you? I mean, do you know there's your podcast you can promote? Is there anything else that's yeah. ha- definitely happening? Um, give me some good news that that's out every week. Uh, I'll drop it. It's great, man. It was, yeah. it was really, really enjoyed it. Um, I do lots of like football quizzes and football like chat stuff on my Instagram live. Um, and then, apart from that, I'm just drinking. So when the world reopens, I'll be back out at comedy clubs up and down the country. Uh, good. Well, I really hope. I mean, I can't see it, but I really hope we're back in the theatres and the clubs by the autumn. Um mm. I think we'll all be back in our houses by by September. To be fair, <laughs> I think we'll get a, we'll get like three weeks out, and then everyone will go, "Oh shit!" Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we. Oh no, it's still it's still a virus. <laughs> <laughs> Just staying indoors for a while doesn't stop it. Um, it's been great talking to you, mate. And uh, yeah, check out uh, Nathan Caton on Twitter, and there's some great stuff on there, including that uh, brilliant uh, video uh, that I mentioned. Um, thanks for doing it, and uh, see you again soon. I hope, mate. Take have, care, a, have a good have a good lockdown. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's Nathan Gayton. Thank you. Thank you guys. We'll be back next week with Daniel Sloss and uh we'll see you then. Thank you very much. Like and subscribe on Twitch if you enjoy this. Goodbye. You have been listening to Rahalostapa with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Nathan Caton. Thank you very much to Pest for providing the music, even in lockdown. They don't care. They, 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 were, they saw it coming, didn't they? That's why they called themselves Pest. Thank you very much to everyone at Twitch, everyone at Acast, everyone at the British Comedy Guide, and especially to Chris Evans, not that one, or that one, for all his invaluable assistance in creating this streamed podcast I'm indebted to Chris Evans not that one I'm indebted to Ben Walker not that one either oh no it is that one um, also the executive producer this week was E.R. Old we called him E.R. Old we called him which might be how he actually pronounces it or she pronounces it we called him J.R. Hartley or her we called him J.R. Ewing we called her J.R. Ewing we called uh, them E.E. Cumming we had lots of nicknames for ER Old, but thank you for executive producing. It was a fantastic job. This is a Sky Potato Fuzz and GoFasterStripe.com production. Good riddance to you, my fan friends. Go to GoFasterStripe.com slash badges, become a monthly badger, and get all kinds of lovely benefits. Bye-bye. <laughs>